voice of the world The sound with the beat The sound that sets you tapping your feet Radio, the sound of year-round pleasure The sound of the news, rhythm and blues Tchaikovsky swing, whatever you choose Radio, the sound of year-round pleasure Welcome to All Things Radio, your weekly radio magazine, with radio news from a national perspective, quality and format changes, sports news, featured radio stations from yesterday and today, your voicemails and phone calls, as well as special guests and featured segments. And now here's your host, Bill Sparks. Educates, syncopates, radio communicates, radio, the sound of year-round pleasure. Well, a very good evening from a very cool Indianapolis. Maybe a little warmer, but I hope everybody's doing fine tonight. You know, you just got to love those big Windows updates and everything it can do to your little computer here that you don't expect for it to do. But, Jeff, I think it's good enough for me to hand it off to you. Well, thank you very much. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to All Things Radio Live. And this week, we have a pretty special show. First of all, of course, we'll do the usual, which is our radio news from a national perspective. We have our calls and feedback, and we have Jennifer Sparks call and our format changes. But this week, we're going to do something, well, we, that we really haven't done in a while. Most of the time when I do air checks, and we also have a featured station of WKHX in Atlanta, Georgia, owned and operated by Cumulus with their new modern country format. But, but there are featured for our featured stuff that we do, which are classic air checks and Bill Sparks featured station segment, we're going to try something just a bit different. On November 22nd, that's tomorrow, for those who are listening to the show right now, President John F. Kennedy was shot in Dallas, Texas, on his way to uh, the trademark to a luncheon uh, that, it was, that he was supposed to go to. Um, and it, it, it was actually occurred on a Friday, December, I mean, November 22nd, 1963, was a Friday, which, is, which it will be tomorrow. And we have a bunch of stuff. We have stuff from KILT uh, in Houston, Texas. That was the Gordon McClendon owned and operated top 40 radio station, and we have the stuff from WGN in Chicago, Illinois, and WLS in Chicago with Paul Harvey as well. So I think you're going to find this very, very interesting. It's hard to believe that it's been 50 years, 50 plus years, I should say, when this all happened. 56 years, and it seems like it was only yesterday. But it, but I think you'll find this very interesting, and I'd like to get some feedback from the panel. We've got the whole panel here. We've got Sean and Gary and Perry. We've got Mike in well, Florida. We've got Rob Chris. in Florida. We don't have Chris well, yeah, today. We, just, we want to send us off some prayers out. Hey, Chris, Chris's brother died a few weeks ago. They're having a memorial, and that is where he is at. He is in San Jose. Well, it was San Jose, California? Yeah, something like or that. Somewhere there. Yeah, he so, knew the way to San Jose. Well, yeah. So we've got the usual people here, and I think it's going to be a very interesting uh, show today, and I hope that we can get some commentary and some dialogue and, of course, some people who want to call in later on as well. So I'll turn it over to you, Bill, and we can get the whole thing started. Well, you always make me start with this Jeff Bennett award-winning news <laughs> report. I want to know what my award is. I don't know. We're working on that one, Jeff. We're making it up. It, we'll make it up as we go. But We're trying to figure We've got to figure out how to spell what will work first. And then True. We're working on that, and there's that, and that first. there's all the money and everything you got to do, and buy him a plaque and all that kind of stuff. But in the meantime, yeah. radio news goes on, so I guess we'll just get started and do it. I'm Jeff Bennett for All Things Radio, and here's what's happening in the world of broadcasting. Edit Comics Drop Cutbacks in Seattle, Washington, and Miami, Florida. Cumulus revamps the country station in Atlanta, Georgia. We'll let you know what's happening on the street and provide you with cord-cutting news. It was another busy week this week in the world of broadcasting, and Endicom once again makes news. Has Endicom bit more off than it could chew? When Endicom bought the CBS cluster, I don't think they realized just how expensive it was to buy these radio stations. And Endicom is realizing that the cost of these radio stations 
is quite expensive. Over the last few months, we've been talking about it. And yes, Endicom has made job cuts, this time in Seattle, Washington, and Miami, Florida. In Seattle, Washington, Endicom let go of three individuals. First of all, let's look at radio station KFWD, where morning co-host Jean Ashley was let go. Not only was she the morning host for the radio station, she was also the assistant program director for the radio station as well. She came to radio station KSWD-FM after working in Miami, Florida at radio station WLYF-FM, and she also worked at radio station WFBZ-FM. John Fisher will continue doing the morning show. However, he'll be working solo at this time. Also gone from the Seattle-Washington cluster at Endicom is Jamie Tanchek, who handled middays at radio station KHCP-FM. Not only did he handle middays, he was also the assistant program director for the radio station as well. Jamie Tanchek came to radio station KHCP-FM after working in Albany, New York for Town Square Media and Paymo Broadcasting. Finally, also gone from the Seattle cluster owned and operated by Endicom is Cody Whistler, who handled the evenings at the alternative rock radio station KNDD-FM. Cody Whistler had been with the radio station since 2006. Endicom has also made major job cutbacks in Miami, Florida with the loss of four on-air positions. Radio station WLYF say goodbye to Kimba, who had been handling afternoons at this radio station. Kimba came to WLYF after working for iHeartMedia in Miami, Florida. Also gone is Jade Alexander, who handled middays at radio station WMXJFM. The station calls themselves The Beach, and they program a classic hits format. Also gone from Endicom is Todd Durkin, who hosted mornings at 99.9 KISS FM, programming a country format. June Knight will continue hosting mornings at radio station WKISFM. However, at this time, she'll be hosting mornings alone. Finally, there have been job cutbacks at radio station WAXYFM. They transmit on a frequency of 790 with their all sports format. And this sports format is not immune from job cutbacks from Endicom. Endicom let go of Brian London, who is their morning co-host and assistant program director for the radio station. In other news, Cumulus has made changes to the radio landscape in Atlanta, Georgia, with new country 101.5 WKHX-FM. The station is focusing on modern country and country artists from Georgia, and they've relaunched the format with a new morning show hosted by J.J. Kincaid and Dallas. Dallas continues working with J.J. Kincaid as the morning co-host and will provide you with an air check of this radio station later on in the show. Now it's time to take a quick look and find out what's happening on the street. The Google Assistant will now provide you with a news update. In a corporate adventure between Anacom and iHeartMedia, the Google Assistant will provide you with a news briefing. Just ask the Google Assistant what the latest news is, and you'll hear news briefings from WINSAM in New York, WBBMAM in Chicago, Illinois, WCBSAM in New York, KNXAM in Los Angeles, California, KYW in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, KRLD in Dallas, Texas, WWJAM in Detroit, Michigan, and much more. You'll also hear news briefs from WORAM in New York, which is owned and operated by iHeartMedia as well. In other news, Edicom isn't the only company making job cuts. Job cuts are being felt by other companies as well. With the flip of Christmas music, Connoisseur Media has made a job cut at radio station WALKFM. Gone is Mark Daniels, who had been hosting mornings at this radio station for 34 years. Mornings will continue with morning co-host Jamie Morris, who will continue doing the show solo at this time. According to an article in Long Island's Newsday magazine, a new morning show will premiere on this radio station sometime in January. In other news, service broadcasting has made job cuts in Dallas, Texas, and gone is morning host Claudia Jordan. She worked at radio station KRNB-FM, and according to reliable sources, service broadcasting has also made further job cuts within the company as well. In other news, Lisa May will be departing her role as traffic reporter on radio station KLOS-FM in Los Angeles, California. Lisa May was fired from the radio station. She's getting out of radio to open a strength training studio in Palm Springs, California. Endicom has also said goodbye to Van Lawrence, who hosted afternoons at radio station KEZK-FM in St. Louis, Missouri. Van Lawrence came to this radio station after working at radio station WARH-FM, the arch owned and operated by Hubbard Broadcasting. Now it's time for some cord-cutting news. Disney Plus is certainly having its problems. Last week we heard that Disney Plus couldn't handle the demand of people who were trying to join the service, but now Disney Plus has other problems. The service has been hacked. People are pirating the Disney Plus accounts, reselling them, and changing individuals' passwords and email addresses. The folks at Disney Plus say that no payment information was stolen. However, this is a problem that the folks at Disney Plus will have to deal with. Folks who love NBC will love Pluto TV. We told you last week that NBC programming was going to be aired on Pluto TV.
TV, which is a free streaming service. Well, now you can watch the Today Show from NBC on Pluto TV, along with Court TV. If you have Hulu TV, you're going to be seeing a price increase. Price went up from $39 to $45, and now the price is going up another $10 in December to $55 a month. There are other alternatives to Hulu Live TV. You might find a cheaper alternative with YouTube TV and Sling TV. If that wasn't bad enough, another TV company is raising its price. AT&T's TV Now service is raising its price $15 to $65 a month. Now it's time for some pleasant news. If you love holiday favorites, you might want to tune over to MeTV, which is airing three hours of holiday favorites every Sunday evening from some of your favorite TV shows, including Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, MASH, and The Andy Griffith Show, just to name a few. Finally, according to those media monitors, here are the top commercials you heard on the radio this past week. Number one was Home Depot, followed by Geico Insurance, VIX, State Farm Insurance, and indeed the employment recruiting firm. If you have any comments concerning this portion of the podcast, there are many ways you can get in touch with me. First of all, you can send me an email. My email address is Jeff. That's J-E-F-F, Jeff, at allthingsradio.net. Or you can send me a voicemail with our feedback line. The phone number is 800-693-0595. That's 800-693-0595. And hit option two for the podcast team. For All Things Radio, I'm Jeff Bennett. It's time once again for listener calls and feedback. To get in touch with the podcast team, call 800-693-0595 and hit option two for the podcast team. Hi, this is Debbie in Lafayette, Indiana. And we have something, I think, kind of unique that is happening in the area where I live. We have Dish Network, but we also have an outside antenna on a tower. And I was able to get 559 WXIN out of Indianapolis. And we also have a local Fox station here in Lafayette, Channel 16, I forget the call letters, hasn't been on very long. But now we can get neither of those stations, even the local one. And we talked to a gentleman who did some work on our antenna recently, about five or six months ago, and he said that it's an FCC regulation. I wondered if anyone else out there where they live have experienced any of that problem with Fox. Thank you very much. This is John Wesley Smith. 1280 AM in Troy, Missouri is KYRO. And uh, thanks to cold weather winter propagation, I'm able to hear their signal a little bit here. Otherwise, in the summertime, they're just not even there. They are now doing a music format. It sounds like music from the 80s. And they had been a news talk station, but now they are claiming to be the uh, new 105.3 and uh, 1280 AM. Troy, I'm not exactly sure how far that is from St. Louis, but it's in what some call the Westplex, and apparently the FCC thinks that their 105.3 signal is far enough away from the 105.3 signal in St. Louis, which is a translator for 1380 the answer, unless something has changed there recently. Anyway, just thought you'd like to know for whatever it's worth. Hi, this is Bonnie from Southern California again. Enjoyed your show as usual. I've been thinking about the confluence between internet radio and terrestrial radio and how it plays out for us listeners, especially us less tech-savvy ones. I found that the Lady A device, I have two dots and an Echo Plus. And they have revolutionized my radio listening experience, or I should say music listening, because I do enjoy free Pandora a lot. I find as great as Lady A is for listening to things, that a lot of what I select, other than the sports and other things, is regular radio stations. The music played on them in some cases, 
or, of course, to find out what's going on in a city. We all know about those uses. For example, there are times when I really enjoy the easy listening, beautiful music, background music of KNCT in um, Texas. And a friend recently pointed out that the sound in Seattle, which I hope maybe you'll do an air check of the sound, um, it took over the letters KSWD from our beloved late lamented LA's the sound. So that's in more than enough for now. Listener comments are always welcome. So give us a call on that feedback line, 800-693-0595. That's 800-693-0595. And hit option two for the podcast team. First of all, thanks for all the feedback and keep that coming. Jeff, we can answer Debbie's question, right, by the right. Way. We can answer her question right away. Rescan. Rescan. Well, you're going to have to rescan your television set. If you have a digital television, which you probably do because you're using an antenna, there's a button that says retune or rescan. And because of the TV repack about a month ago, a month or two ago in your area, those Fox channels are on different channel locations. So rescan your television set and you should have no problem, Debbie. If you have any questions, you know, give us a call. And we'll call help the you. voicemail line again or get in touch with either me or Bill Sparks and we'll be able to help you out. Yeah, that'll. that'll I'll work for that in couple a couple yeah. of quick items here jeff before we really get, get going here um on sunday we mentioned in sports lounge live for those who do listen to sports and you like the tune-in option for most of the college teams you're gonna have to say what sport you want so if you want iowa you have to say football basketball women's basketball etc so that that's real quick and also um i will try to find out how this works but with sirius xm and your lady a you are now allegedly supposed to be able to do on demand, and I will look into that and see how it works and get back to everybody on that. All right, and one more and thing. Oh, go ahead, Sean. Addressing John Wesley Smith real quickly, uh, Troy, Missouri is about 50 or 60 miles from St. Louis, so two translators on 105.3 would not be a problem. Now, a station that a translator might be, but two translators, uh, one in St. Louis and one on uh, out in Troy, it would not be much much of an issue. So that, that's probably why they have one out of 105.3. Okay, the other thing, because one be on next week for Thanksgiving. I'm not going to be home. I'm going to be out of uh, out of the area. Is that WGN has made some changes, and you'll find out about this uh, in the radio news segment. We'll talk about that when we get back as well. But they've made some changes to their daytime lineup, and gone are Bill Leff and Wendy Snyder. They're gone. This uh, changes were made by Mary uh, Boyle, uh, who's the uh, program director of uh, WGN, and Sean Compton, who's the manager of WGN. Both uh, WGN and WGN Television are owned and operated by Next Star Communications. They've changed the schedule so that. Uh, John Williams will run from, uh, Steve Cochran runs from 5 to 9. John Williams runs from 9 to noon. They'll have a business show from noon to 1, hosted by, and I can't pronounce his name, but Steve Bertrand is gone. 1 to 3 will be Anna DeVolantes, who was working with Rokon. Rokon's going to go solo from 3 to 7. 7 to 11 is uh, is uh, a regular talk show, and from 11 to 4 is Nick DeGilio. Nick DeGilio is going to end his show at 4. They'll run WGN's television news from 4 to 5, and the day starts again with Steve Cochran. So we'll let you know more about this when we get back from uh, our thanks giving vacation. So just for those who wanted to know about WGN in Chicago, what, what's happening over there. We've got a hand raised, do we not, Perry? Or we had one lower? Um, Lino? We do not. Well, no, Brown, Lionel lowered his hand, so... Uh, I think he might have Let me unmute him for a second and see if he... Lionel, do you... Did there you, we go. You lowered your hand, so uh, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I just want to make sure... Uh, make sure look right I just wanted to bring up that uh, Steve Gretton, he's been on KZZ back in Bakersfield, California. He's going to retire, hanging up after 33 years. Uh, on December the 20th, last I heard, I read, that'll be his last air date 
on the air. Now, his co-host, Jeff Hendricks, he's going to remain there until they find somebody else to be his new sidekick. Okay, that's, what's the, that's the, old, that's the old Buck Owens radio Right, that's the Buck, Buck Owens, Owens radio station. station. Right. Uh, yeah. I understand he was retiring. I didn't. They didn't say he was fired, though. Uh, no, no, he's retiring. He's he is retiring after 34 years. Yeah, that's a long time. He's been there since 1986. That's a long run. Uh, in radio, it certainly is. Thank you, Lionel. I appreciate it. Thanks very much, Lionel. Did we have anybody else? No, that's we... it, Bill. So yeah. I, I think that that's it. So uh, we'll leave it up. Turn it over to you. I was going to say, all of a sudden, I've reached down on my screen, and there was no call letter and format change. And I said, oh, oh, no, we can't have that. But they're back. They're back. Jennifer's fans can be happy. She was all all upset today, Jeff. She she got up this morning, and she went in to print out her bills, like per always, for electric bills for the utility company she does. Mm-hmm. And her Duxbury wouldn't work, and she couldn't figure out why. Well, the new Windows 10 update, which came through, wiped out her license. Some, some software companies... I I don't understand it, but maybe some of the companies do whatever they do or don't use a very good scheme or whatever the case may be. But anyway, the Windows update, which, you know, will just come on your computer, just wiped out her code. Well, she couldn't because her version's a couple versions old. They didn't have the files readily available. And so one of Jeff's friends, uh, Don Brita, was able to help her out and get her the file. And we saved it. And she had to uninstall the program and reinstall it, all kinds of stuff. But I got her all fixed back up. So she's she's now ready to do call letter and format changes. All right. So here we go. Hello, everyone. I'm Jennifer Sparks, and here are your call letter and format changes for the week of November 21st. KNOB 96.7, Healdsburg, California, changes format from silent to adult hits and adds slogan 96.7 Bob FM. KKOB FM 93.3, Albuquerque, New Mexico, changes calls to KOBQ FM and changes Changes slogan from 93.3 KOB FM to 93.3 The Q. KPGM 1500 Powaska, Oklahoma. Changes slogan from the sports animal to the sports animal 1500 AM 99.1 FM. KRIG FM 104.9 Nawada, Oklahoma. Changes slogan from KRIG to K-Rig 104.9. WHYC 88.5 Swans Quarter, North Carolina changes format from silent to variety. KRCB FM 91.1 Santa Rosa, California changes format from silent to news talk and adds network provider national public radio. KXCD 99.9 Fairfield, Idaho changes format from silent to hot AC and adds slogan hot 100. WKCX 89.1 Crittenden, Kentucky changes format from contemporary Christian to classic rock 
and changes slogan from Touch FM to Class X Radio. WKHX FM 101.5 Marietta, Georgia changes slogan from Kicks 101.5 to New Country 101.5. WMWX 88.9 Miami Town, Ohio changes format from Contemporary Christian to Classic Rock and changes slogan from Touch FM to Class X Radio. WRPA 1290 Providence, Rhode Island changes format from silent to news talk and adds network provider National Public Radio and adds slogan The Public's Radio. WYNS 89.1 Waynesville, Ohio changes format from contemporary Christian to classic rock and changes slogan from Touch FM to Class X Radio. KFDI FM 101.3 Wichita, Kansas changes slogan from today's KFDI FM 101.3 to Country 101.3 KFDI FM KOLTAM 1320 Scotts Bluff, Nebraska changes calls to KOAQAM KOAQAM 690 Terrytown, Nebraska changes calls to KOLTAM KRDO 1240 Colorado Springs, Colorado changes slogan from News Channel FM 1055 and AM 1240 to Where the News Comes First KRDO FM 105.5 Security Colorado changes slogan from News Channel FM 1055 and AM 1240 to Where the News Comes First KYAP 96.9 Nun Colorado changes format from oldies to country and changes slogan from the big 87 to K96.9. KYKN 1430 Kaiser, Oregon changes slogan from News Talk 1430 to 1430 AM KYKN. WBWZ 93.3 New Paltz, New York changes format from rock to classic rock. WRXZ 107. 7.1 Briarcliff Acres, South Carolina changes format from rock to classic rock. KHLO 850 Hilo, Hawaii changes format from silent to religious teaching. KIQQ 1310 Barstow, California changes format from silent to Spanish oldies. KXXP 104.5 White Salmon, Washington changes format from Christian CHR Rock to Classic Hits and changes slogan from Way Loud to Me TV FM Portland. WEIR 1430 Puerton, West Virginia changes slogan from River Talk 1430 to River Talk 94.9. WJMK 1250 Bridgeport, Michigan changes format from Soft AC to Classic Hits. WPGW 1440 Portland, Indiana changes format from Adult 
contemporary to classic hits. WTPG 88.9 White House, Ohio, changes format from religious teaching to contemporary Christian and adds slogan, family-friendly, commercial-free. WXXF 107.7 Loudonville, Ohio, changes format from classic rock to format not available and changes slogan from the Fox to Christmas 107.7. WYGC 104.9 High Springs, Florida changes format from CHR to talk and changes slogan from Q92 to Florida Man Radio. And those are your call letter and format changes for this week for all things radio. I'm Jennifer Sparks wishing all of you a very good week. Well, there we go. Yeah. There's a lot you know, of... it's funny looking at the call letters. Uh, I remember KIQQ was on FM in uh, Los Angeles, California. And, uh, yeah. Remember that? 100.3. Yeah. One of K100. That's I right. like that station that went from Christian to uh, alternative Classic rock. rock. <laughs> yeah. Classic rock, yeah. yeah. Well, they're making yeah, a yeah. joyful noise, that's all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. A lot of changes in Ohio. And you know when, when they turned, changed to a drop their slogan and to go to a Christmas format, you know a format change is coming. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, yeah. I mean, we know that like when WLTW in New York City goes Christmas or KOST is Christmas, that's really you know something they do all the time. Same thing with WLIT in Chicago. But when you see a station that's all sports going Christmas, you know there's a there's a, there's a format change on the way. That that's the only thing I can say about that. Yeah, and, and yeah, I don't think you know done these radio stations for years and years and years. I've noticed a trend downward that there's not. Qu- quite as many christmas form you know not as many stations well, going christmas like well our station here that usually does it has not flipped yet i checked today just out of curiosity they have they have not well, i've been meaning to check and i hadn't yeah i don't so think we have no, one in indianapolis yet. yet they used to do it the monday before thanksgiving uh well they first started doing it the day after and then they moved it to the monday before and when they did it yeah. last year i just was so unimpressed it's a very fine out. line gary when they go christmas because What's, what they're saying yeah. now is it's great, and they uh, but people get Christmas out after a while, and and sometimes sure, the, exactly. the, the, the benefit the benefits the benefits don't really reap if you go to Christmas music too early. Well, a few years ago, I was in my local subway shop, and they used to listen to the Christmas station, and they were listening to well, somebody else's a similarly formatted one. And the woman who ran said, "I don't want to hear all that Christmas stuff in here. Yeah. I had to clean that up." <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you know, you know like I said, we have only one Christmas station here in Albany right now, and that's WTRY-FM on 98.3 doing Christmas music. And normally, WRWAM and its FM translator would be doing it, but they're not doing it right now, so that they probably will do it well, after Thanksgiving. That's the only thing I, I, I can check, think. And I checked our new quote-unquote relaxing favorites. I said, oh, I wonder if they're... I'm kind of curious if they're going to get them the Christmas. But no, they're still doing the relaxing favorites, although it's interesting they're doing relaxing favorites, but now they're starting to basically sound very similar to the other station except the, they go into the, the 70s that's the only difference so it's kind of like they're not as quite as relaxing because you're hearing uh everybody wang chung tonight and stuff like that on the relaxing favorites so. true joe you have your hand raised so why don't we get to you here go ahead joe oh oh, oh yeah 
Yeah, thank you very much here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. That's a surprising at 93 KKOB changing their call letters after having those for years. And also we have our 90, Magic 99. They, they do Christmas every year. It's owned by Cumulus. And it's cool format, Christmas format, because you have the old blending with, with the news. And Ellen and I got on the van, and me and her and the driver, we were bumping along with, with new arrangements of some of the same Christmas songs that we hear. And, and they actually gave their call letters. I almost dropped the radio. Ah, very good, Joe. So that was a big... And Joe, where was it you went to yesterday and they were closed? The village. Uh, Vi- yeah, village the, Inn. But yeah. we found we found another one that's open, and it, it, it's on another street, Wyoming. And and I talked to her, and she said, "Oh, we we are still open. Two of them have closed, but we we will be here for you. So we're we're going to go there the day before Thanksgiving and get our free pie." Well, I was going to say, Joe, they changed their format on you, didn't they? They dropped. Right. Yes, they Thank did. You. Yeah. Thank you very much, Joe. We yeah, have thanks, one more hand. We want to get to our next feature pretty shortly here, and we got, I believe, uh, we're. Trying to That's going to be Bob in Michigan. I'm trying to get to him. Go ahead, Bob. Go ahead, last Bob. Night I tra- uh, last night I tried to get Iowa women's basketball on TuneIn, and no matter what I said, I couldn't get it. However, KMJM streamed the game anyway. Ah, very well, good, Bob. Thank but you. see, Bob, the problem is Perry has a different version. He has a way more updated version than what you and I do, so it doesn't work for us. It just works for I think he's talking Perry. about on maybe – are you talking about Bob on your Lady A device? Yes, yes. <laughs> He, yeah, sometimes, I think version. sometimes it sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Unfortunately, TuneIn tune is there's just something they're going to have to do to fix it, but they haven't figured that out yet. Yeah. Does it work? And for sometimes us? It's, it's what you say, Tom, because I I cannot get it to listen to uh, one of the old rock stations in Albany on on 104.9, and yet I say I say what they tell me to say all 104.9 that gives me some station out in either Arkansas or somewhere else. I don't know where, but it, there are definitely bugs in the system. But see, Perry has a better version than the rest of us. So you, you probably do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have an old version actually. Jeff, we're maybe gonna, maybe older is better though. Maybe well, you're right. Maybe, maybe older yeah. is better. I, who knows? Jeff, before we do our next segment, um, if, unless we have any more raised hands, do you want me to run the country first and then close with our big wrap up with? Um, the JFK? I was thinking we, could, I would, we could close with the featured station and then we could do the this segment okay. and then because then, we'll uh, then we'll do the shorter one and then we'll, we'll close with uh, make the last thing be the one on the on the country music. So this way we can okay. get people comment. All right. that, I'll leave it up yeah, to you. Yeah, sure. no, that's fine. We're, just understand, everyone, that this is going to take about thirty minutes for these two segments together. Okay, how, about if you, how about if you take a little break between the first, that, that, that segment and the second one, and we can have a short commentary, and then we can do the second one. Okay, and that'll, that'll, that'll be fine, too. We'll just do this one from um, Dallas, because Gary will have a lot to contribute in this, that, and the other. Yeah. So. Yeah, let me explain this before Bill airs it. This came from KILT in Houston. Both KILT and KLIF are owned at that time by Gordon McClendon. And you're going to hear just really people just did not know what was going on because uh, we didn't have the same. We didn't have any Twitter back then. We didn't have Facebook, Instagram, any of that stuff. You had wire services. You had AP, UPI, and radio. And these, but Kill was not a network station at that time. They were an independent station. And people actually called places to get information back then. That's right. So but you're going to hear what KL, I, I did some editing on it, guys, because they edited out some of the, you know, the soft music they were playing 
and to get it down to about 20 minutes. But I think you'll find it's quite sobering when you listen to it. Well, we're going to do it right now without further ado. Here we go. And take yourself back, if except if you're Perry and or Sean, and you can't go back that far. So here we go. This bulletin just into the KILT News Terminal. Dateline Dallas, three shots were fired at the motorcade of President Kennedy's Day in downtown Dallas. No casualties are reported. The incident occurred near the county sheriff's office on Main Street. This other bulletin just in from Dallas. A sniper seriously wounded President Kennedy in downtown Dallas today, perhaps fatally. Further information follows immediately. This is KILT in Houston, 16 minutes before 1 o'clock. Swing your partner to everyone, follow I'm here to tell you how to stretch your dollar. Savings are fabulous right now during Danberg's tremendous Christmas. This is KILT in Houston at 610 on your dial. Now to the KILT News Terminal and Dick Mock. These stories now dateline Dallas. President Kennedy and Governor John Connolly of Texas have been cut down by assassins' bullets in downtown Dallas. They were riding in an open automobile when the shots were fired. The president, his limp body cradled in the arms of his wife, Jacqueline, has been rushed to Parkland Hospital. The governor was taken to the same hospital. The president had spoken this morning in Fort Worth, then flew to Dallas. He was to deliver a speech during a motorcade through the city. Newsmen, some five car lengths behind the president, heard what sounded like three bursts of gunfire. Secret Service agents in the car following the president quickly pulled automatic rifles. The bubble of the president's car was down when the shots rang out. The president slumped over in the back seat, face down. Conley lay on the floor of the rear seat. Wounds in the governor's chest were clearly visible. Wounds indicated an automatic weapon was used. Three loud bursts of gunfire were heard before the president and governor fell. In the turmoil, it was impossible to determine whether Secret Service agents and Dallas police returned the fire. It could not be immediately determined either whether Mrs. Kennedy or Mrs. Connolly were wounded. Both women were in the car and were crushed down over the inner forms of their husbands as the big auto raced toward the hospital. Mrs. Kennedy could be seen on the floor of the rear seat with her head toward the president. This story just in, Dateline Dallas, President Kennedy and Governor John Conley of Texas have been cut down by assassins' bullets. They were shot as they toured downtown Dallas in an open car. The president, his limp body in the arms of his wife, was rushed to Parkland Hospital. The governor was also taken to the same one. Clint Hill, a Secret Service agent assigned to Mrs. Kennedy, said he's dead as the president was lifted from the rear of the White House touring car. Repeating that, Clint Hill, a Secret Service agent assigned to Mrs. Kennedy, said he's dead as the president was lifted from the rear of the White House touring car. Mr. Kennedy was rushed to an emergency room at the Parkland Hospital. Other White House officials were in doubt as the corridors of the hospital erupted in pandemonium. The incident occurred just east of the Triple underpass facing a park in downtown Dallas. Newsmen in the motorcade heard what sounded like three bursts of gunfire. The president was slumped over the back seat of the car face down. Conley lay on the floor of the rear seat. It was impossible to tell at once whether Kennedy was hit. Bullet wounds were plainly visible in Conley's chest, however. It was difficult to tell at first whether the First Lady and Mrs. Conley were injured. Repeating one line of this, Clint Hill, a Secret Service agent assigned to Mrs. Kennedy, said he's dead as the president was lifted from the rear of the White House touring car. No official confirmation on that now. We'll have further reports for you as time goes on. Dick Mock reporting Kilt News. President Kennedy and Governor John Conley of Texas have been cut down by assassins' bullets. This bulletin end just a few minutes ago. They were shot as they toured downtown Dallas in an open car. The president, his limp body in the arms of his wife, was rushed to Parkland Hospital. The governor also was taken to the same hospital. Clint Hill, a Secret Service agent assigned to Mrs. Kennedy, said he's dead as the president was lifted from the rear of the White House touring car. That not officially confirmed. This just in, an estimated 250,000 persons lined the streets. At 12.50 p.m. Central Standard Time, acting White House News Secretary Malcolm Kilduff 
president was asked whether the president was dead. He said, I have no word now. Vice President Johnson was in the car behind the president's. There was no immediate sign that he was hurt. Some of the Secret Service agents throughout uh, thought the gunfire, rather, was from an automatic weapon fired to the right rear of the president's car, probably from a grassy knoll to which police rushed. Congressman Jim Wright of Fort Worth said both Kennedy and Connolly were seriously wounded but were alive. A call has been set out for some of the top surgical specialists in Dallas. A call also went out for a priest. We switch now to Big D for this report. Possible tragedy in Big D this afternoon at Elman Houston in the downtown area as the presidential motorcade was en route from Laurel Field to the trademark for a presidential luncheon. A shot rang out. First report said three bullets pierced the atmosphere. One Secret Service man said that it appeared that the president did slump over into Mrs. Kennedy's lap. There have been several victims rushed to Parkland Hospital. We've not yet received confirmed reports of any possible tragedy. We are checking on it. We will be in touch momentarily. Again, possible tragedy on this November 22, 1963 in Big D. Gary DeLon reporting from Dallas. Repeating a portion of the latest bulletin at 12.50 p.m. Central Standard Time, acting White House News Secretary Malcolm Kildup was asked whether the president was dead. He said, I have no word now. Vice President Johnson was in the car immediately behind the president's. There was no immediate sign that he was injured. Some of the Secret Service agents thought the gunfire was from an automatic weapon fired to the right rear of the president's car, probably from a grassy knoll to which police rushed. Congressman Jim Wright of Fort Worth said both Kennedy and Connolly were seriously wounded but were alive. A call has been sent out from some of the top surgical specialists in Dallas. A call also went out for a priest. We'll have further information as soon as it's available. Dick Mark reporting, Kilt News. President Kennedy has been shot and is in critical condition in Dallas with continuing coverage. These reports as they arrive in the Kilt News Terminal. The president and Texas Governor John Conley were cut down by assassins' bullets as they toured downtown Dallas in an open car. The president's body was limp cradled in the arms of his wife. He was rushed to Parkland Hospital. The governor also was taken there. A call went out for top surgical specialists. A Roman Catholic priest also was sent for. Shortly after the shooting, Congressman Jim Wright of Fort Worth said both the president and Conley were seriously wounded but were alive. Blood was spattered over the White House car. Mr. Kennedy was slumped over the back seat. Conley lay on the floor of the rear seat. Mrs. Kennedy apparently was not hurt. Mrs. Conley also safe. Witnesses said there were three loud bursts of gunfire. Motorcycle police escorting the president quickly leaped from their bikes and raced up a grassy hill. At the height of the emergency room drama at Parkland Hospital, a weeping Negro woman bearing a small bloody child rushed into the hospital where a nurse, an intern, quickly went to her side. Although Dallas is regarded as a center of strong political opposition to Mr. Kennedy, the heavy street crowds were overwhelmingly friendly, but there were a few anti-Kennedy placards. There was one report that the president was wounded in the head. Mrs. Kennedy was heard to scream that as she reached for her husband. Just minutes ago, a special carton of blood, apparently for transfusion purposes, was rushed into the emergency ward. Two Dallas police officers carried that carton. Bill Stinson, an assistant to Governor Conley, said he talked to the governor in the hospital operating room. He said the governor was shot just below the shoulder blade in the back. Stinson said he asked Conley how it happened. Conley said he doesn't know. I guess from the back they got the president, too. Rear Admiral George Burley, the White House physician, went to the emergency room where the president and Conley had been taken. Both wives waited outside the emergency room of the hospital. Anxious members of the White House staff assembled there. One suspect has been apprehended, according to Dallas police, a young man who denies anything to do with the shooting. An estimated 250,000 persons lined the streets there at 12.50 p.m. Central Standard Time. Dick, excuse me, this is George Crowder. I hate to bust in, but we've just had a report that the president is dead. Kilt News in constant touch with reporters in Dallas. Reports as they come to the Kilt News Terminal. This is Richard Dobbin here in the KILT News Terminal. We have 
Unconfirmed reports from three reliable sources that President Kennedy is dead. Father Heber of the Holy Trinity Church in Dallas administered the last sacrament of the church to the president. The sacrament was administered shortly before 2 o'clock Eastern time. That's... Uh, one o'clock our time. Another priest who declined to give his name said the chief executive was still alive at the time, but again, that was uh, 30 minutes ago. As we said, three reliable sources have said the President Kennedy is dead. However, John Connolly's condition, he is shot underneath the shoulder blade. He was shot in the back and is alive and should recover. Dick, let me break in with this one story. Malcolm Kilduff, the assistant press secretary, has just said he cannot say whether the president is alive and cannot say where he was hit. He said there are too many stories at this time. And we we have received three reports unconfirmed from usually reliable sources that President Kennedy has already passed away. They took a pint of special blood into him and administered the blood. Uh, Governor John Connolly is alive and should recover with a bullet wound. He was shot in the back below the left shoulder blade. As for the Vice President Lyndon B. Johnson, he was shot in the arm and uh, walked into the hospital himself. There is another report that a Secret Service man was also shot. How badly, it is not known. Uh, they're not paying too much attention to that at this time. One suspect has been apprehended as we said previously, two persons were seen running from the top of the overpass. One had a rifle, and one has been apprehended, but denies all knowledge. This late word, Dick, Father Huber of the Holy Trinity Church in Dallas administered the last sacrament of the church to the president. He now reports that the president is dead. This is yet officially unconfirmed, but he reports the president is dead. The Senate in Washington, D.C. has been called into a special emergency session. Should these reports become official, and of course the word would come from Washington, it will not come from Dallas. Everyone is head huddling. This is even the number one story, of course, in the Soviet Union and all over the world. Vice President Lyndon Johnson will become the president, naturally. He is not wounded badly, just shot in the arm. We are still waiting for word from Washington that officially says President Kennedy has passed away from being shot in the head by assassin's bullets. They shot three times in Dallas, hitting the president in the head, hitting the governor John Connolly in the back, just below the left shoulder blade, and hitting the vice president Lyndon Johnson in the arm. One man has been apprehended, and he denies. Vice President Lyndon B. Johnson will become the 36th president of the United States should President Kennedy, should these reports be confirmed from Washington that he is dead. They are confirmed through our usual reliable sources, three of them from Dallas, that he is dead. However, the official word from Washington is not expected to come for several hours as they have much, much caucusing and head, huddle, head huddling to do before the official word comes. We are playing music intermittently here on KILT and we have direct lines open to Dallas. Stay tuned because we're breaking in as soon as any changes take place We'll have another report within minutes. We have just been informed that Secret Service men are closely guarding the Vice President, Lyndon Johnson. Now, here comes a flash. The dateline is Washington. All it says is flash, President, dead, UPI. It has now been confirmed President Kennedy definitely is dead. The Secret Service men are guarding closely the Vice President, Lyndon Johnson, for fear more fanatics may try to get to him and kill him, too. He's just wounded in the arm. Stay tuned to KILT. This is Richard Dobbin in the KILT News Terminal. Reaction is beginning to pour into the KILT Kilt News Terminal from all over the world. Every nation in the world sending their condolences upon the death of President Kennedy. Shot down by a fanatical assassin in Dallas, Texas shortly after 12 o'clock. Trying to recap exactly what happened and put it in chronological order, it went something like this. President Kennedy arrived in Dallas in the late morning. He was on a motorcade as 315,000 persons lined the streets. He was going through Dallas down the superhighway. As the people lined the streets, they came to a three-way intersection which had 
had one of those catwalk overhead passes for pedestrians to go over. That is where the assassins were. Two of them, a man and a woman, reportedly the man carried a rifle. As the motorcade came by, first Governor John Connolly evidently passed it since he was shot in the back. This makes one believe that two persons had to fire the bullets, one firing at Governor John Connolly with his back to the assassin, while the other one shot President Kennedy in the head. John Connolly was shot below the left shoulder blade, shot in the back. The bullet still lodged inside him. He is in the hospital but expected to recover. President Kennedy was shot in the head. He slumped over immediately. At the very same time, bullets crashed into the arm of the Vice President, Lyndon B. Johnson. At the same time, also a Secret Service man was shot and killed. The motorcade immediately stepped up speed. Three policemen on motorcycles stopped their motorcycles and ran up the grassy bank, running after the two suspects, a man and a woman who were seen leaving still carrying a rifle. A 24-year-old man has been taken into custody. As soon as the motorcade reached Parkland Hospital, some five minutes later, the president was left in the emergency room while Governor John Connolly was taken immediately to the operating table. Then it was feared by observers that the reason the president was not being moved was because he was too critical or because he was dead. He remained in the emergency room. They did bring blood to him, perhaps too critical, teetering between life and death. They didn't dare move him. He died just shortly after one o'clock. The news came first of all from three reliable sources, then officially from Washington, D.C. The Senate is in a special session. They are now trying to figure out, taken by what's happened, what to do next, and trying to put the pieces of the next, in the rest of the year, and the rest of the entire term together. I believe we have a report here, Bob. As was repeated many times, a great nation is shocked. President Kennedy is dead. He was killed by an assassin in Dallas this afternoon. John Fitzgerald Kennedy was 45 in his first term of office. He was shot as he rode in a motorcade through downtown Dallas. Governor John Conley of Texas was wounded by the assassin. The president and his wife had flown to Texas yesterday for a two-day swing through five cities. They flew to Dallas this morning from Fort Worth. Some 25,000 persons lined the street as the president rode by in a White House touring car. Mrs. Kennedy held her husband's limp body in her arms when he toppled over in the back seat of the open car. He was rushed to the emergency room at Parkland Hospital. Priests and doctors went to his side. He was given the last rites of his church and a short time later died. Police found a foreign make rifle. Sheriff's officers are questioning a young man picked up at the scene. Governor Connolly, as we said, beside the president in the car was hit by the assassin's bullet. He was wounded in the back. Johnson was in the Parkland Hospital where Kennedy died. The vice president was in the same motorcade as it sped through crowds in the downtown streets, but he was some distant back and was not harmed. Eh? Now I have a correction. Since the governor of Texas, John Conley, was in the same car with the president and Conley was definitely shot in the back, then it would be reasonable to assume that the president was shot in the back of the head instead of in the forehead. And they saw blood on the front of his face, which meant the bullet probably went all the way through his skull. He was 46 years of age now. We have a correction from the wire services. The sheriff's officers who have the young man and the rifle in custody, they are questioning him behind closed doors. We're anxious to see who comes out. Three of America's last four presidents have faced the bullets of an assassin. Of the nation's 34 presidents, three have been slain in office. This story just in. Sheriff's officers took a young man into custody at the scene of the shooting and questioned him behind closed doors. A Dallas reporter said he saw a rifle being withdrawn from a window on the fifth or sixth floor of an office building shortly after the gunfire. Kennedy was shot at 12.25 p.m. Houston time. He died at approximately 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. to be 1 o'clock Houston time. It's
It's worthy to note that this is Mrs. Kennedy's first trip to Texas and probably her last. The president had landed only a short time before at Love Field. He was driving to the trademark to deliver a luncheon speech where they were to have lunch. The streets were lined by crowds, the biggest turnout in the Texas tour. The motorcade was so strung out as the result of a speedy movement of the caval of the uh, cavalcade that members of the Kennedy staff were 15 minutes to a half an hour behind reaching Parkland Hospital. Blood was spattered over the limousine, which had been flown specially to carry the president. The driver was a Secret Service man, Bill Greet. Both the body and the glass bubble of the car are bulletproof against most gunfire, but the top was down so that the president could wave to the friendly crowd. We have this late bulletin in from Dallas, Dick. President Kennedy was shot in the right temple. According to Dr. George Berkeley, White House medical officer, it was a simple matter of a bullet right through the head. President Kennedy was shot in the right temple. He is dead. Dick, which leads one to believe that he was shot from a building. It must have been a two-way attempt then. Some people from the overpass and also others because a Dallas reporter saw a rifle being withdrawn from a window of the fifth or sixth floor of an office building just shortly after the gunfire and also two would-be suspected assassins were seen on the overpass, which does lead you to believe that it was a two-way thing trying to get him in the middle. Reports just in, Dick, say that uh, Vice President Lyndon Johnson, who is now president, has left the hospital. He is under very heavy Secret Service guard. Dick, Dallas Sheriff County officials have now announced a complete dragnet going on in the Oak Cliff section of Dallas. That's the south part of Dallas. It's uh, evident by this announcement that the assassin or assassins have not been taken into custody as the police continue a all-out dragnet of the Oak Cliff section of Dallas. And George, as we mentioned also, one 24-year-old man has been taken into custody. He is behind locked doors in the sheriff's office right now undergoing uh, questioning. He was found with a foreign-make rifle. He is a prime suspect. This is the first assassination since 1901 when President McKinley was shot down by fanatical assassins' bullets. Dick, there was a, uh, a witness, one of the many witnesses to the shooting, Charles Brem of Dallas, was standing in the big crowd at curbside about 15 feet away as the president's car approached. He told the correspondents that he was waving and the first shot hit him and that awful look crossed his face. November 22nd, 1963, the blackest day in the history of these United States. President John Fitzgerald Kennedy is dead. A statement that I find almost impossible to comprehend. The man who let our nation cut down by a sniper's bullet. It's difficult to believe this thing could happen, but it did happen, and it happened in Dallas. A shamed and outraged nation wants to know who and why. As we think back on this terrible tragedy, the mind seems to believe that the president is dead, but we saw him alive here in Houston just yesterday. President and Mrs. Kennedy stepped off Air Force One at Houston. They waved and smiled, obviously pleased at their reception in our city. I was there, along with the many thousands of persons who lined the motorcade route from the airport to the downtown area. The president and the first lady greeted the city officials and then turned and stopped in front of the press truck. A very cordial man with a story to tell the world. There was a dinner held Thursday night to honor Representative Albert Thomas. The president spoke at that dinner. Kilt News was there. The president was very happy at the cheering crowd. I heard what he had to say, and the future was bright. I listened to some remarks of the women in the crowd. Of course, there were the usual, isn't he just precious? I'm so thrilled. I wonder how they feel right now. My date and I walked outside to watch the presidential party leave for the airport. 
We were just a few feet away from Mr. Kennedy as he sat there waiting for the motorcade to get underway. He looked up and nodded his head and gave a slight wave to my date. She, of course, was thrilled and very excited by that. I'm sure she'll remember it for a lifetime. I know that after many years in this business, even I had a very warm feeling inside to have been able to see this man. I recall remarking that I wanted to see him this trip because I might not get another chance. How terribly true that was. The young lady with me was to cast her first presidential ballot in 1964. She told me that she would surely vote for Mr. Kennedy. Now it can't happen. The man is dead. I sit here and I think about the events of these past two days while the first family was in our state. The first visit for Mrs. Kennedy to Texas and very probably the last. The first lady, it's said by Governor Conley's wife, was telling the president just minutes before the fatal shot was fired, you can't say Dallas hasn't been friendly to you. An obvious reflection on the recent Stevenson visit to Dallas where he was spat upon and hit with a sign. Yes, friendly Dallas. A black mark in the history of the world. I saw the man here, you saw him here. He was alive and vibrant and pleased at his friends who greeted him. Now, he's dead. The life taken from him by some madman who will be added to that list of names that includes John Wilkes Booth. My God, what must run through the mind of a man who would kill a president? Well, it's over now, and we must look ahead to the leadership of President Lyndon B. Johnson. I don't know about you, but my mind still cannot fathom such a tragic event in our lifetime. A civilized nation is shamed... A great leader is dead, and the world mourns his passing. John Fitzgerald Kennedy, 45 years of age. God grant him peace. Hail to the chief. Oh, my. Where do we start? Where, where do you, now, where do now, you even course, begin? Of course, Jeff, the, uh, su- the suspect, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, who was taken into custody, got his um, due two days later. That's uh, certainly true, and that also was played out on local... Yeah. Was also played on, yeah, on, I remember on seeing that television. on TV when that happened. Yeah. Yes. Now, now, if anybody is a book reader and you like to read books, Clint Hill, that Secret Service agent that was quoted, he has at least two and maybe three books. So you can get them on Bard. You just type in Clint Hill, that's Clint with a K, and they should come up. And um, I have read them. They are very good books. Thanks. Before we get to Joe, I know he's raised his hand. I want to talk to some of the older people on the panel. Let me go to you, Bob, out in uh, Florida first, and then can you maybe you can talk a little bit about what you were doing when that happened and what brings back to your, to your mind. Oh. Yeah, go ahead, Bob. Okay. No, he's not muted. Okay. Let me go to you. Uh, I'm not sure. Let's go to you, Gary, first, because you were nine years old. Yeah, I was in fourth grade um, when uh, President Kennedy was shot, and I was in school that day, and I remember our principal announcing it on the PA, and she just started to cry. Uh, and our principal was old. I mean, to my nine-year-old uh, self, she seemed to be about 325 years old. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> And so to see this person this old cry was kind of uh, off-putting a little bit. And then we all went into the auditorium and watched uh, the TV coverage, and then we all went, you know, we all went home. I was uh, on my way home from school. The New York Institute for the Blind is the school I went to. Always let out on Fridays at 1 o'clock. I'm in the car with my mom. I think she must have stopped somewhere. I had WMCA on. I was listening to the good guys. They were playing Marina Lena Moore by uh, Lo Indios Tavajaros. And all of a sudden we heard the bulletin, and, I, and my mom said, don't even touch the radio. I can't believe what I'm hearing. And we didn't believe it. We couldn't believe it. It was, if you look at November 22nd, 19, 1963, it was a regular date like any other date. It was. Under normal circumstances, there would have been nothing special going on at that point. So, oh, so that's the only thing I'm going to say. We have, yeah. two, we have two hands raised. So let me get to you first, uh, Jer- uh, Joe. Yeah, the, Go ahead, Joe. This is Joe. I was in Waukesha, Wisconsin, if you can believe, and Paul Harvey news was 
done actually uh, 10 minutes after that, but I was listening to that station, and, and the news was shocking, and, and the great coverage then being an ABC station, Don Gardner and, and ABC News, it, it, it was gripping and rapping, but actually to be to be in that city on November 22nd, 1963, the shock of the nation. But great coverage that, that I heard from ABC News. Yeah, right. this is Ellen. Yeah, hey, guys. Yeah, this ahead, is Ellen. Ellen. I'm just curious. How could anybody do that? Can, I know they're, re, they're professionals and all that, but how could they pull, pull a report something like that and not cry? Well, it's probably, Ellen, it's one of those types of things. Having gone through radio school, I can tell you, you're kind of just trained to do it, and yeah. you kind of have to do the best you can. And you're going to, at times, you're going to have difficult things to do, and you you have to put away your feelings and such to, to understand that you're getting it across to the public. And the other one was in 85 when uh, there was an airplane crash at DFW Airport, and... Channel 8 was a TV news station in those days there, and one of their reporters cried on the air, and he was there for years well, and years uh, after that. Dan so. Rather cried at some point in his life as well. Right. well news. Yeah. But I, I still say the reporting, I know the reports were sketchy, but I thought I thought those guys were borderline not, it's not because they were getting conflicting information, it's just the way they did it. I, I know it was live and it was real, and I was I remember being at the blind school when this happened and and us sitting there on the radio and and all of that type of stuff. But Perry, didn't you think that the what's that, Bill? The, the reporting was a little bit not as good as what it could have been. It, it was, and it wasn't as good as some that I've heard um, right. of yeah. that. But I thought the emotion that that you know when the guy towards the end was, you know, I thought some of that was a little over the top. I mean, I understand it's there, but like I say, when you're trained to do that, you have to put your emotions aside. But I, well, I agree with you. I they were doing a a, they were doing a top forty format, and that's their news was always over the top in those days in top forty radio. So yeah, they're doing and they what didn't have a network, and they also didn't have a network to fall back on, really. So they no, had, they to, just, they had, had to, to really rip people. and read the wire copy. They didn't have time to sit there and rewrite it and do yeah. all that stuff. Like where if you're, if, oh, oh, go ahead. I've, go heard ahead. Some, I've heard some of the WBAP stuff. And, yeah, I will say that had a lot more emotion and a lot well, more, you know. BAP was, the more, they were known for news. I mean, that was yeah. one yeah, they were a full service. Yeah. I've got a ton of that. In, the one that uh, uh, yeah. What's that, Bill? I've what, got a ton saying? of that stuff um, with the old-time radio. I've got a whole JFK collection of the assassination in it because we used to sell it on the CD, and I've just got a ton of that stuff that I've just saved back because I archived, you know, all well, of that. You notice ever since now the the president does not have an open air limo. No, they, they don't. don't. Have the they don't. And I think it's rather interesting because whether you like him, whether you hate him, we just had the thing yesterday. Of course, Trump, President Trump coming in for the Apple, uh, the unveiling of the new the new computers, the building of the big. They have the new Apple campus. Right. And I think the only, so- I think the two things. Well, nine eleven, of course, Sean. But I think the two things that you and I would relate to to that kind of a story would a be the shooting of a president. Reagan, which he didn't die, but that no. would be one. And then, of course, uh, we were probably both in school when the Challenger blew up. Right. So, I mean, that, I those watching, would be our two. I was watching it in history class. We were yeah, watching so 
so teacher, I, I was walking from the blind school to the public school. And when I got to the public school, that's when it had happened is when I was going there. And we were watching it the rest of the day. We have well, some hands raised. Who, uh, uh, we, do, we do. Let's, uh, Let me get wait. to Mike in the Aventura. But I was, Go ahead, Number Mike. one, I was in Miami uh, at, element, at the elementary school, and something came over the PA system, and we didn't understand what it was. We all rode home on the bus. We couldn't talk or anything like that. In fact, my parents, believe it or not, that weekend, because they didn't want me to feel bad, they took my radios away at the time. And I mentioned that to my mom, and she didn't remember it. But anyway, Kennedy was in town a few days before in the Miami area. Ah, very you, you know what? You know what, though, Mike? I think if my parents would have ever taken my radio away for any reason, that would have made me feel bad. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah made me feel bad. You know, but. you know, it's sad to say this, Mike, and I, maybe I shouldn't have said to say it this way, but when I went to the school for the blind, I, I, I do remember that. Of course, the thing I said was, wow, this is you know interesting. And when he died and we were all talking about it, I said, you know, Mom, I have a feeling that we won't have school on Monday because that's when the funeral will be. And wouldn't you know that on Sunday, um, the school for the blind, which is the New York Institute, was calling every parent up say that there would be no school on Monday and to have the kids come in who slept over there overnight Monday night. My parents brought me to the school on Tuesday morning. But I, I do remember that. We do have another hand raised as well. Let me get uh, the- I think we have two of them. We have Pam, Pam and then we have Jerry. Okay, let me, let's get to Jerry first then. Go ahead, Jerry. Well, I was uh, in gym class that day uh, when I found out, well, yeah, they had gym class and there was no radio on or anything, you know. Uh, uh, I remember uh, uh, I was in the, with, they had, you know, we were integrated in the public school with uh, with TMP, uh, yeah, Logan School with, with sighted kids. And for some reason, well, they were playing handball that day, and they didn't think it was safe for us blind kids to play handball, but that's neither here nor there. So we go out. We go outside. We had to wait for this bus to come. Uh, we we had to wait for the bus to come to take us home. And uh, some kid who was in another class said the president was shot. The president was shot. And I remember telling the kid that wasn't a nice thing to say because I didn't know anything happened. And uh, this this child didn't like President Kennedy, you know. And uh, we got on the bus. Sure enough, and the bus driver was crying. And he had the radio on. He had WRCV on, which was the NBC affiliate in Philly. And uh, we all we were just all stunned by it. Thank you very much, Jerry. Pam Drake, I think, is ready. I'm going to get to her in a second here, Bill. Okay. Go ahead, Pam. Okay, there I am. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I was uh, in I was in uh, junior high, as a matter of fact, and we were watching one of those god awful science uh, movies with a whirring projector. I always have to keep my head up off the desk. This is in a public school, and the bell rang in the class, and evidently the teacher for the hard of hearing class, or no, the developmentally disabled class that we now call then called uh, trainable retarded. He always had a uh, television on, and they watched you know comedy and comedies and you know cartoons and stuff. Well, I guess he was going from room to room <coughs> telling the teachers what had happened. And so as I got up from my desk, I heard Mrs. Shepard telling people. And I thought, oh, God, another Kennedy joke. I mean, I'm 14, right? So I'm, uh, you know, oh, another Kennedy joke. And uh, she didn't hear me. She didn't hear my thoughts, of course. She showed, no, no, this is the truth. And, of course, by the time I got out, our school bus came and one of the um, uh, students had a radio. And so we followed it. And it was interesting because... Because we were we were a special ed bus, and we had kids of all ages. And a lot of the times we'd be singing and talking, and either somebody had the radio on, we'd be listening to music. That afternoon, there wasn't a sound on that bus, and I remember 
hearing WIOD, one of the priests that uh, one of the union men broke in and said that one of the wow. priests said that he had died and the groan from the bus was just we all knew just exactly and my dad he picked me up at the transfer point and I said pick me up so I wouldn't have to drive over the next bus it's a long ride and he goes daddy I want to go home I know so uh, uh, we did and uh, for the next whole week well until Tuesday I had a horrible cold I go back over the whole next week but I will not get it and Thank you. all Monday night I could hear those drums from the uh, uh, cortege all night in my sleep I heard, I heard this uh, never get it thank you Pam thank you Um, I'll leave this up to you Bill I know you may want to run up run up yeah, well, uh, we, we can run your your next one, Jeff. Do we have any more callers? Are we good? No, we don't. We do not. We're caught. So we're, uh, caught no, up we right. do. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We have Pam. So let's get her. Okay, let's let me get to her. Go ahead, Pam. Go ahead, Pam. You, are you talking to me? Yes, yes. you just raised your hand. Yeah. And I, we got oh, you. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to, wanted to also chime in on some of this. I was in second grade. When all this stuff went down, um, actually, I'd heard heard about it in the, in the hallway as we were passing between classes, and we watched the we watched President Johnson uh, become inaugurated, become, uh, become president, sworn in, and that on that Monday. We didn't have classes. We were all in our dormitories watching his funeral. Understood, oh, yeah. Pam. It it was very traumatic. I can I can say. So well, one thing, one other thing I wanted to mention was that on the radio, uh, the only rock and roll music I could hear was on uh, KLOU in Lake Charles, which in those days was fifteen eighty on the dial. Everybody else was playing this real low key. Oh yeah, the music. Oh, it changed. KLOU is playing a regular format. Uh, Wow, that's unusual. That's kind of bizarre. Now, I'll say this before we get to this next segment, Jeff. Wonder how the reporting would be today, and would the radio stations be affected? Of course, we know the wall-to-wall television, but. What, a lot of the radio stations, be because like they today. didn't have the news coverage or news people, Bill, they'd be, they'd be picking up the feed from the radio, from the TV, I should say. Right. I'm, I'm, It'll be yeah. just like 9-11, how, remember 9-11, a lot of people were either picking up, like, from WINS, WCBS, or picking up TV feeds, or kind of like when they have hurricanes now, they pick up from the TV. That's probably what it would be. You would think the reporting would be better, though, because with all the social media and text and things like that, you would think they would be able to get better information yeah. today. You know, It'd be the, quicker. Yeah. Uh, whatever they get would be quicker. Or you would like to believe anyway they could get better information. Yeah, right. that, I mean, it, it, it's really tough to say what would, what would happen today, but I think it would be pretty much like it was in 63, except it would be a lot of TV coverage on the radio. I don't think you'd hear classical yeah. music on the radio. This time around. Yeah, I don't think anybody break format for three or four days either. I don't think that would happen now. No. You just you just wonder what really would would happen if it were today. Of course, you know. That's true. Well, I agree. We, we, this is the biggest. Um, <laughs> so We've got a um, couple more. We have one more from, uh, uh, I always forget the number, but 828. Yeah, North Carolina. Go ahead, buddy. Well, hey, Bill. Hey, um, 
Um, Jeff, and uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. I, I was at the Governor Moorhead School at Pullen Park, and we, it was a brisk, cold day, and I remember the wind. And I had a, I don't know, I had a funny feeling that something was going to happen that day. And we got back in Cronkite and mentioned about uh, the president, and we were all in a state of shock. And no matter how old or young you were, you knew that the end of innocence was that day. And we read all the Manchester books and all the we've heard all the conspiracy theory stuff. And I don't believe any of that stuff. It was a, a lone assassin, and it was ter- it was a terrible day. And a good man was taken down, and just like Martin Luther King, I'm reading all those books, and they, well, that was terrible. That was a sad day in history, and it was. Um, and re- remember how everybody watched Sunday, and Ruby got uh, right up to the president, uh, Oswald, and just wham. Just, and uh, I had it on CD at one time. You can uh, get all that stuff, and you can watch it on YouTube. And it, it was a sad day, and we'll never forget it. And, and everybody remembers where they were. And uh, we, like I said, uh, you're, you're no longer innocent after you. And it's a terrible thing that young people had to find out that we live in a, in a, in a good place, and there's still a lot of good things in the world. There's a lot of bad things going on, and uh, it's, it's it was terrible. And it was thank, just, you. Just, thank you. Thank I you. Know, I'm, trying, I'm not trying thank to cut you off. We have one more person that that's waiting too, buddy. Uh, we have a three two zero. Gail. I thought so. Yeah, Let me we get to got Gail. Go ahead, Gail. Hello. Yes, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I was in grade school at the time of the assassination of President Kennedy. I went to a regular public school, but we had a teacher. Uh, they called sight baby teachers. But, uh, we learned, you know, we were learning Braille. But anyway, I was in that room with the rest of us. There were nine of us in there. When the, the janitor, the custodian, came in and said, uh, did you know the president was shot? And I thought, and some of us thought, well, he's just playing a practical joke. You know, we thought, you know. But then when we actually heard the thing, it was like, oh, wow. <laughs> and then we got off school that, you know, that, you know, after that, they had the whole thing on TV. There was, there was no cable at the time. There was four, five, seven, nine, and 11. Two, four, five, seven, nine, and 11. And four, five, seven, nine, and 11 all carried the funeral. That was pretty normal, Gail. Yeah. And yeah. Um, we, we, we were home from school that day for, uh, you know, because of that. And then uh, I remembered that um, it was really kind of, you know, it was really kind of a, a shock how that happened. But like I said, that that's all I remembered was being in our in our um, room, in our classroom at the time when I heard this. And as I said earlier, I thought, and some of us thought, he was playing a practical joke, but it wasn't. I think a lot so of people felt the same way, Gail. I think a lot Pardon? of people felt the same. A lot of people thought the same way. I don't think anyone could believe that that's what we heard. So Okay, but Jeff. Anyway, okay, okay. I just, I'm sorry, Gail. I go just, ahead. I just wanted to, and also, could I ask you a question? Sure. Is there a way to get Zoom to do Zoom on the computer for all things radio or not? There is, yes. yes. You just have to you go you have to get the Zoom app on your computer and it should it should work just fine. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a different it's a just different a different number. code. But yeah, we'll we'll, 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 we can talk to you off the air about that, and, and we will help you out with that. Send okay? me an email or something. That's yeah. all I wanted to know. Okay, we'll do that. Thank you. Thanks. And, Jeff, Bye. I think how we're going to wrap this up, unless we've got any other questions. No, let's let's, uh, let's do that, Bill. Okay, here's how we're going to do this. Well, you told me to make an executive decision here. We're going to play. Sorry. That carries a lot of weight, doesn't it? Um, we're going to play your 12-minute segment, the, the last one, and I'll have you explain that before we do it. 
it, and then we'll we'll conclude it with the um, your featured station of the week, and then we'll just go straight to Tim. Is that All okay right. with you? Very. That sounds good. And this so, way, Tim, we, we Tim, you'll I, be a little bit late, but don't worry about it, Tim. You'll make it up by oh, getting lots of. We're time still going to be listening. So I have you know. time to eat. We'll do that. Oh, you have time to and eat, Tim. We'll we'll get you. Time happy, and happy Thanksgiving to everybody. We won't be here, of course, next Thursday, but. But I, I do want to thank everyone for uh, for, for helping out here. This I, I didn't think that this would get as much responses as it, but it certainly has. It so. was good to hear from Buddy again, and just a lot of people, Gail and Pam, and both Pams, and, and I think I think though, Jeff, when we do more things like this, you know, like a current events or whatever, I think that's going to get a bigger response than one would think. Oh yeah. Well, and we'll, we'll, for we'll, someone for someone like me or Harry who wasn't there, and you know, me being the history buff and in general, hearing oh, as well. from those of you that were, those of you that were, it's kind. Of, I mean, it's, it's educational. It is. Yeah, and we, we, and some of us who live that can tell you that. And then, like I said, we, it was very, very good, uh, Jeff. And well, this last part, I think you'll like to hear a very much younger Paul Harvey that you're going to hear on here and WGN and Tim is that okay if we borrow a few minutes from you it looks like he don't care he wants, he's gonna go eat he's I think gonna, gonna go eat, to eat. So he has time to eat yeah he wants to I, eat I don't blame, I don't blame him I would like to eat too <laughs> I'm actually <laughs> still here in um, those few minutes and, and let me say again I'm gonna point out with this with this piece that, that I did it really shows that uh, that it was just a typical regular normal day on November 22nd 1963 and what and you I was going to say, I was going to say real quick, Jeff. The first song I'm going to play is Maria Elena. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. The other thing I want to say, Bill, is that you'll also hear a very young Orion Samuels who worked at WGN for many, many, many years. It's just great stuff. So appreciate this history. Have a nice holiday, everybody. And we'll close it out with these things. And thank you again so much. Normally, when I do these classic air check segments, you hear lots of production music in the background. But today, you're not going to hear any production music because I really don't know what's appropriate to play this time. We're going back to November 22nd, 1963, that fateful day when John F. Kennedy was assassinated. It's hard to believe that it's so many years ago, but I remember it as if it was today. I was a little kid coming home from school, and my mom and I were listening to radio station WMCA when the bulletin came over the radio. We were both in shock, and the nation was in shock. This week, we're traveling to Chicago, Illinois, and we're going to hear Orion Samuels as he's doing his farm show on radio station WGN AM in Chicago, Illinois, when the bulletins first came in about the shooting of President Kennedy. Then we'll follow up with a commentary after Kennedy has been assassinated on Paul Harvey's radio show, which aired on the American Broadcasting Company. Well, that's our country fair weather news on a rainy day. 62 degrees here in the Chicagoland area at noontime, and our country fair weather news for today was brought to you by the Rainbow Family of Quality Fertilizer. Everything you grow grows better with Rainbow, Rainbow Premium Plant Food. 19 minutes before 1 o'clock. This is Country Fair from WGN Radio in Chicago. Continuing now with our Country Fair show for today, it's time for News for Dairy Farmers, a program brought to you by Pure Milk Association, the Midwest's leading marketing and bargaining cooperative, whose more than 12,000 members produce milk for the leading markets of the Great Lakes area. Kenneth Wallace, secretary of the Illinois Milk Producers Association, reported today that directors were re-elected at the association's annual meeting in Chicago on 
Wednesday. Here is a bulletin from WGN News just handed me. President Kennedy has been shot and seriously wounded. Kennedy was shot at just as his motorcade left downtown Dallas. A photographer on the scene said he saw blood on the president's head. I repeat this bulletin from WGN News. President Kennedy has been shot and seriously wounded. Kennedy was shot just as his motorcade left downtown Dallas. A photographer on the scene said he saw blood on the president's head. This has been a bulletin from WGN News. WGN News will keep you posted on the latest developments as quickly as they are received. In the meantime, we continue with our country fair show. We'll have bulletins up to the minute as we receive them from the newsroom. Back to news for dairy farmers. Kenneth Wallace, secretary of the Illinois Milk Producers Association, reported today that directors were re-elected at the association's annual meeting. Again, a repeat on this news bulletin just in from WGN News. President Kennedy and Governor John Connolly of Texas have been cut down by assassins in downtown Dallas. They were riding in an open automobile in downtown Dallas. A Secret Service man was heard to say he's dead as the president was taken to a hospital. Both the president and the governor were shot at while riding in an open car. That bulletin just in from WGN News. And we'll continue to keep you posted on developments from Dallas as we receive them in our WGN newsroom. Continuing with our country fair show today and taking a look at farm news developments while we wait for other developments to arrive from Dallas, Texas. Yesterday, the Illinois Agricultural Association wound up its annual meeting at the Sherman House here in Chicago. And in closing, 519 voting delegates re-elected William J. Kupis, a Tazewell County grain and livestock farmer, to the presidency of the 195,000 family member organization. Harold Hartley of Centralia was renamed to be vice president. Three new faces were added to the IAA Board of Directors. In District 1 in northeastern Illinois, James P. Cannell of Capron in Boone County was named to succeed the late Eric Anderson. In District 11, Paul Ives of Wapella in DeWitt County replaced Carl Hart of Lovington. District 11 is in central Illinois. In District 13, Lyman Crumrin of Marshall was elected to follow retiring Lee Postelweight of Crawford County in the southeastern Illinois District. Directors in all other odd-numbered districts were re-elected to two-year terms. Taking a look at other farm news today, we have the following reports in. First of all, we'd like to make note of the fact that beginning one week from today, the International Livestock Exposition and Horse Show will get underway at the International Amphitheater in Chicago. And beginning one week from today, we'll be broadcasting our country fair show from there for seven days to report to you on happenings at the nation's largest livestock show. So make note of that for November 29th through December 7th, the International Livestock Exposition and Horse Show at the Amphitheater in Chicago. Next week on Tuesday, John Allenberg of our Farm Service Department will be traveling down to Springfield, Illinois to participate in an annual event sponsored by the Illinois Retail Merchants Association. This event is a day-long program to honor volunteer 4-H club leaders in the state of Illinois. John looks forward to attending that session. He'll be reporting back on that session on Tuesday from Springfield as about 500 4-H leaders gather from around the state to be honored at that event. Ten minutes before one o'clock and all other news that we might bring you on our country fair show today is paled indeed by the tragic news from Dallas, Texas. And again, the latest development that we 
have. President Kennedy and Governor John Connolly of Texas have been cut down by assassins in downtown Dallas. They were riding in an open automobile in downtown Dallas, and a Secret Service man was heard to say he's dead as the president was taken to a hospital. Both the president and the governor were shot at while riding in an open car. I know that the prayers of the nation go out for President Kennedy and Governor Connolly. Bulletin from WGN News, President Kennedy and Texas Governor John Connolly were both shot in Dallas this morning. A Secret Service man was heard to say he's dead as the president was rushed to a hospital, but the death has not been confirmed. A reporter asked a presidential assistant if Mr. Kennedy was dead and received no answer. Mr. and Mrs. Kennedy have been touring Texas. They were in Fort Worth early this morning and had just arrived in Dallas when the shooting occurred. This bulletin from WGN News. Please stay tuned. We take you now to Chicago and Paul Harvey. Good evening, America. Americans. We are just never ready for this kind of thing in this country. We deplore the hotheads elsewhere in the world who change governments with guns, but we try to ignore the fact that now four of our own presidents have been cut down by assassins. It had been such a tremendous welcome at the Dallas airport and all along the parade route that Mrs. Kennedy, who had become perhaps his greatest political asset, turned to her husband and said, you can't say Dallas wasn't friendly to you. Moments later, in the back seat of that open car, she cradled her husband's bleeding head in her arms, saying, oh no, oh no. Top speed, it was still five minutes to Parkland Hospital. Mrs. Kennedy did not collapse. No hysteria. When she entered the hospital, her sheet fuchsia suit was covered with her husband's blood. President Kennedy, within 30 minutes, was dead from a bullet in his brain. There was another wound in the president's neck, which could have been from the same bullet. Mrs. Kennedy's wish was to return to Washington immediately to be with the children. The bullets, by now you know, came from a warehouse window. On the fifth floor, police found the remains of some fried chicken and some paper. The assassin had waited there for some time. And a Mauser rifle with a scope sight. Three cartridges fired, one still in the chamber. Dallas policemen advised that a suspect had entered a theater in the Riverside section, chased him there. There was a shootout. One policeman was killed. The suspect was captured, Lee H. Oswald, 24. They dragged him from the theater, screaming. Evidence is piling up against him. He was employed in the building where the murder weapon was found. Lee H. Oswald traveled in Russia in 1959, married a Russian woman, renounced his American citizenship, tried to apply for Russian citizenship. It's significant to me. Moscow Radio today hastened to say that our president had been killed by extreme right-wing elements. Now it develops the assassin's allegiance was red. He wore a brown shirt, uniform of a Castro communist terrorist, and he, Lee Oswald, is chairman of the pro-Castro outfit called the Fair Play for Cuba Committee. Governor Connolly, with a bullet through his back that came out his chest, fractured his wrist, underwent surgery. He is conscious, condition good. Vice President Johnson, who was riding in a separate car a considerable distance behind Kennedy's, was unhurt. Lyndon Johnson is now president of the United States. Within less than two hours of the president's death aboard the presidential plane in Dallas, Johnson took the oath of office, sworn in by a woman judge, and then took off with the widow and the body for Washington. When the first news came today, before it was even confirmed that the president had been killed, a flood of cell orders hit the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. They rang the bell, closed down for the day, but before they could, industrials had plummeted $21. And the commodity exchanges closed down, and Congress recessed, and sporting events most everywhere scheduled for tonight are canceled. Pope Paul, advised, went to his private chapel to pray. General Douglas MacArthur, in a telegram to Mrs. Kennedy tonight, said, quote, I realize the utter futility of words at such a time, but as a former comrade in arms, his death kills something within me. 
The president's special car has a bulletproof bubble glass top, but the top was down today so that he could wave to the enthusiastic crowds. The Dallas reception was the most enthusiastic of any stop in Texas. For weeks, a big debate raged over who of the city's luminaries would get to sit at the head table this noon. Nobody did. And on the president's White House desk tonight are the calls and the callers and the documents and the urgent things to be done which could not possibly await his attention for another day. But they will wait now. It is for us that one must grieve tonight. For a generation which has so refined its intellect that it can split atoms and communicate with the moon and yet remains at the mercy of its own undisciplined emotions. If the world is one day destroyed, it'll come just like this, you know. It'll not be the H-bomb that did it. It'll be the greed or the fear or the hate that set it off. Paul Harvey. Good night. ABC Chicago. I'm not sure there's anything that you could say after Paul Harvey's commentary. Have things really changed in this country? Well, I think I'll let you all make that conclusion. Now, if you have any comments concerning this part of the program, why don't let me know about it by email or voicemail. The email address here is Jeff. That's J-E-F-F Jeff at allthingsradio.net or you can call that feedback line. The number is 800-693-0595. That's 800-693-0595 and option two for the podcast team. For All Things Radio Live, I'm Jeff Ennis. One of the things I try to accomplish when presenting these featured station segments is to present stations that have changed format. In the case of radio station WKHX-FM in Atlanta, Georgia, the station hasn't really changed format, but they've updated the existing format that they have been presenting for many, many years. The station presents country music with a new updated approach featuring artists from Georgia. So let's hear how Morningside of this radio station, hosted by JJ Kincaid, and Dallas on this week's edition of All Things Radio Live. 101.5 FM adds the nickname Kicks. As Atlanta evolves into a world-class city, 101.5 helps keep it true to its Georgia red clay roots. In the years ahead, the great state of Georgia produces more and more of country music's biggest worldwide stars. Alan Jackson. I'm a country boy. I got a Jason Aldean. Zach Brown Band, Trisha Yearwood, Thomas Red, Sugarland, Kane Brown, Sam Hunt, Brantley Gilbert, and many more. Today, Georgia's proud country music tradition continues as we launch the 101.5 frequency into the 21st century. This is a brand new station celebrating Georgia's best and all the music that means so much to you. It means home. Welcome to New Country 101.5. New Country. Georgia loud and proud. We're learning everything. We're learning how to talk like this. I am Georgia AM. Made in Georgia. Georgia. Everything I love. Loved around the world. New Country 101.5, made in Georgia. We're Kincaid in Dallas. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for finding us. It's a brand new radio station. You're here. That's all that matters. Thank you. And, and I'm looking at you, Dallas. You're here, and that's all that matters. <laughs> and I'm so glad to be here with you. I'm so happy to be here, especially because we like one thing that I love doing uh, on, on the show is making you feel better about yourself. And I'm happy that you have more intelligence than this person in the state of Michigan. This dude broke into an apartment last week, did not realize upon entering the apartment, Dallas, that he was going to be greeted with a guy holding medieval-style combat weapons. He, apparently, he had a bunch of things on the wall. He got chopped with a battle axe. He ran away bleeding. The police finally caught up to him because he just like breadcrumbs. He just followed the trail of blood. And they found him. He's got first-degree home invasion charges. And a lot of injuries. A lot of injuries. <laughs> so I am moving into, well, I get the keys to our house in Alpharetta today. Eventually, when my movers decide to show up, I'll get my stuff. But the only, music air quotes, weapon I have. Do you know what a mag light flashlight is? Of One course of those, I do. That's all I have. I need to stock up. So if I go into 
the Dallas Farm and Estates, uh-huh. and I come in uninvited oh. at one in the morning. What am I greeted with? Well, it's more than a megalite, I'll okay, tell you what do you, ha- what do you have there? Oh, Inspire let's see. Me. I got a 38 in one room. I got a sword in the den. Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> Is this a, like a mounted on the wall sword that you could easily run up and grab? Oh, no, I don't have it oh, mounted no, on oh, the wall. I what? keep it in a hidden place that only I know about if I need to use it. And there's also a 30,000 volt A stun gun? A taser? A taser. You know, you could, you could hold it up to the sword and then... <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that's how you go at Dallas's house. Georgia proud. Georgia means home. And turn up loud. New country. New country. 101.5. Absolutely love that song, Luke Combs. We are New Country 101.5, made in Georgia, Kincaid and Dallas. ATL Live is tonight. Are you ready for Keith Urban, Blake Shelton, Sam Hunt? Are you ready for what's doing outside? Yes, I am so ready. And we want you to make sure that you come by and see us. We're going to have our new tent. We're going to have some T-shirts to give away. Hey, and I just want to make sure, like, I'm sure coming from the north, you're all covered with hat, gloves. You're, you're ready, right? Oh, you think the guy who came here from Colorado, had lived there for four years, would have brought all the gear? No, that is packed. And my movers are holding my stuff storage. And they haven't given me a specific date as to when they're going to arrive here. Do, do you have a coat for they, tonight? Um, I'll tell you what I did. And you should know this about me. I'm Kincaid. I'm the new guy, by the way. Thank you for listening i have this weird thing i don't spend too much money on clothes so i did because you kept bugging me and i appreciate that dallas i went to walmart and i got myself a 25 dollar coat okay so tonight when you meet us free hugs from dallas and you can touch my 25 dollar coat at (laughs) atl live imagine hitting the jackpot in vegas with jason aldean and new country 101.5 jason at 805, 1105, 205, and 405 to score $100 in new country cash. Oh and qualify for the Jason Jackpot. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> a chance to ride all night in Vegas with Georgia boy Jason Aldean. All about the country. Round trip airfare. Two nights at the MGM Grand. Tickets to the show and a little hang time backstage. Want to win a Jason Jackpot? It all starts Monday on New Country 101.5. New Country 101.5 traffic from the Haviland Express Loop Traffic Center. When you've had a morning, let Taco Bell make you breakfast for just a dollar, like the $1 grilled breakfast burritos filled with fluffy eggs and your choice of bacon, sausage, or potatoes. Only on Taco Bell's morning value menu. It's Cairo with real-time traffic. New Country 101.5. Are you 65 or over? Or visit scanaenergy.com slash senior. Specializing in Georgia country. Georgia, loud and proud. New country. New country. 101.5. Turn that bottle up and drink it, crank it, jukebox up and hang it, barking. New country. 101.5. Made in Georgia. Loved around the world. I'm Kincaid. Dallas is here, so thus we are Kincaid in Dallas. That makes sense, right? That makes Good. perfect sense, okay. yeah. Uh, our very first day on the radio, Dallas is 9,742nd day right here on this frequency. We're so happy you're here. I'm happy you're here. You're like my ambassador to Georgia, uh-huh. my ambassador to all things country. Yes. I'm, I, I am, you know, relig- I my journey into country, and I'll tell you real quick, all started when I was in a different format, and every day I found myself listening to country music. We, My wife uh, gave birth to our first son, so I had a family, so I, I related to all these songs as a 
new parent. Well, that's what country music is. It's real life. And, and all the other stuff I wasn't playing was about family. It was about cheating on somebody. And I know there's a lot of that here, too. But I'm just saying every song was about cheating and hooking up. And I'm like, how about a song that makes me want to go home and give my son a hug? And yes. that's why I love this stuff. Line one's ringing. we got to take this call. Good morning. New Country 101.5. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Fantastic. How are you? I'm great. I don't mean to bother you guys. Never. <laughs> but, oh, I just want to say, Kincaid, Dallas, I love you guys. I mean, Dallas, I've been listening to you forever now. And you guys just, you make my mornings. I, every morning I get back at the Getty Junction and you guys just brighten my day. You make me laugh. I'm so happy to have you guys in the car with me. I just, I just love y'all. It's so nice of your sister to call. <laughs> That is not Meredith, I swear to God. Uh-uh. You'd hear more cursing and she'd probably ask for money. Oh, thank you so much. That is so sweet and that means the world to us. Oh, keep, keep holding it down. You guys are just doing great. If you're coming out to ATL Live tonight, we'd love to meet you. Give Dallas a hug and, and touch my cheap Walmart coat. Thank you so much. County Road 233. New Country 101.5 Music. Hey everybody, this is Kenny Chesney, and here's my brand new song, Tip of My Tongue. It's a long way down to where I wanna go. Everything about you's on the tip of my tongue. If you've ever uttered the words, if it ain't fried, it ain't cooked, you're Georgia AF. I am Georgia AF. New Country 1015. It's Luke Bryan. Here's my latest song, What She Wants Tonight. She wants my hands on her body. When I love, she gets what she wants. And I get to me what she wants tonight. New Country 101.5 Music. She walks up velvet rope on hooks. We are New Country 101.5, made in Georgia, Kincaid, and Dallas, and I, I guess I should be excited because I just got a text. My mother is now listening to the show. <gasps> hey, Cheryl. She's now hey, listening. Hey, Cheryl. Yeah. Oh, you're nice. You're calling her Miss Cheryl. Yeah. You know my phone autocorrects her name to something really rude? Really? <laughs> well, that's how autocorrect does sometimes. Do you know what her name is on my phone every time I text can her? Can you say it? Yeah, I can. Okay, what? Yeah, it's Chernobyl. Oh. Yeah, Chernobyl. So every time. Oh. Why are you calling me Chernobyl? It's not me. It's my phone. It costs entirely too much. <laughs> New Country. A Georgia radio station, a Georgia native, and you are teaming up to make miracles happen. Georgia loud and proud. Blanco Brown became a viral sensation with the get-off, and now you can see him live. Blanco Brown with special guest Ingrid Andrus on Saturday, December 14th at Route 66 in Johns Creek. Get your tickets now at NewCountry1015.com. A lot is happening in Georgia. 100% of the proceeds will benefit Children's Health Care of Atlanta. Get ready for Blanco Brown and Ingrid Andrus with New Country. New Country. 1015. GA Country 60 every Sunday night at 7 p.m. with Georgia artists like this. Cole Swindell, Dad's Old Number. Country 101.5. New 
country, 101.5, made in Georgia, Kincaid in Dallas. And I know we, we live in a world where everybody gets a participation ribbon or something in school. Here, you showed up, so you get a ribbon. Do I get one for only making this radio station go off the air once this morning on my first day, Dallas? You are getting again right. the blue ribbon. <laughs> so how was your first day? What do you think? I had the most fun ever. It is so great being here. Y'all were so welcoming. I appreciate it. Lots of calls, lots of uh, messages on Facebook, lots of everything this morning. And thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I love the fact welcome. that you just said y'all. I know. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> and I've been out of Colorado long enough. I can pass a drug test. There you go. All right. We got to go see you at ATL Live tonight. <laughs> we cannot wait to meet you. Look for the new country 101.5 tent. And we got stuff to give away. Well, there you go. Atlanta, Georgia's WKHX-FM, owned and operated by Cumulus Media, with their updated Georgia country format. And you heard mornings as hosted by J.J. Kincaid and Dallas. Now, if you have any comments concerning this part of the show, want to let me know about it by email or voicemail. The email address here is Jeff. That's J-E-F-F Jeff at allthingsradio.net. Or you can call that feedback line. It's toll-free and hassle-free at 800-693-0595. That's 800-693-0595. And an option two for the podcast team. For All Things Radio Live, I'm Jeff Bennett. This concludes another All Things Radio Live. Join us every Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern for the latest radio news, interviews, caller questions and comments, station scopes, and more. Visit the show's official website at www.allthingsradio.net and visit the Legend website at legendoldies.com. Join us again next week for another All Things Radio Live on the Worldwide Legend.